Welcome back to Geek Life, Animanga.com's very own podcast. I'm JP. As always with me are my fearless co-hosts, the Brian. I'm still on the podcast and not sick. And Joe. I'm still here anyway. Jerk. With us, of course, back again for the second half of our crazy podcast awesomeness, we have Admin. Pinku. They let me out of jail for this. Nero. Hello. And still with us is Charles. Yo, man. So thanks for sticking with us for this uh, second half of this really interesting conversation we're having, and uh, we'll just get right back into it. Starting now. Now. No. Now. All right. Well, let's let's jump in with another letter. This is from Melissa Pegluisa, friend of Geek Life and Yay. longtime amazing artist. And great decorator of the admin's walls. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> she, If you don't know, if you don't know uh, Melissa, she is Dark Sun Rose pretty much everywhere you could possibly have a screen name. And she is absolutely amazing. Incredibly talented, really friendly. Obviously, very wise after reading this this message, and just just a, just a neat person. Mm. Uh, she recently started her own comic called Above the Clouds, which you can find at atcloudscomic.com. Anyway, so we first ran into her at Stockton Con, which, which is, is coming, coming up, up soon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> Brian didn't have the episode number. <laughs> but there's no real episode on that one. That's true. It's, it's, it's there's event coverage. Yes, yeah. events.pandamanga.com. Yes, you yeah. can go to events.pandamanga.com and find Show the Stockton Con there. coverage. And there you go. That's fine. As well, long I as someone's shamelessly self-promoting pandamanga.com, I am okay. Anyway, I should really take a photo of my wall, actually, because it's pretty much just a log of all of our convention visits. <laughs> it is. It's true. Nice. So I sent Melissa the, the question of, you know, hey, how, how does how does creative work fit into your schedule? How do you have a successful creative work and, and still maintain, you know, a life outside of that? And, uh, and so she's got a couple things to say. She wrote a very long letter with uh, lots of really good information, and I'm going to take a couple samplings from it for us to read here. Uh, so she starts in saying, it's interesting because the first thought that popped into my head is that oftentimes it doesn't, meaning that it doesn't fit. Most people have like an eight to five job and perhaps they say, man, I so wish I could work on art, but I'm just too tired. And then they think, hey, there's always weekends. But then the big social events comes around and they just don't do it. So I'm going to paraphrase this next one. She basically, basically suggests that a lot of people say they want to pursue creative careers but then we'll come up with all these excuses mm-hmm. to not do it. And it's almost like they're just looking for a way to give themselves just kind of a get-out-of-jail-free card and just uh, not have to worry about it. So she says, so to the question, how does creative work successfully fit into our lives? The answer is you make it fit by whatever means necessary. Pinku's nodding for those of you that yeah. can't see her <laughs> through the podcast. <laughs> Only a couple people yeah. can't. Look uh, into your player closely. <laughs> For those uh, of you with the new iPhone 5. <laughs> but not the iPhone 4. So this this actually brings you to a really, really good point. She says, and I think it ties into the big question, how much do you want it? There are two activities that dominated my high school and college years, reading books and playing video games. I'm not saying you have to cut out the things that inspire you, make you feel happy, or you feel are a big part of your life, but I think... If one is pursuing a creative career, you have to start finding the balance of what contributes to your life goals and which ones may need to be reduced or cut out completely. And she goes on to say saying how she she kind of started making deals with herself and trying to curtail and pull things back a little bit. But something that's really interesting, she says, she's specifically talking about fitting Zelda in because she's a giant Zelda fan. She's like, I won't play anything I with Zelda. I liked yeah. her for a reason. Yeah. Um, so she says, uh, but, uh, but I found out over the years that uh, it became a non-issue. My art career became my personal video game that I wanted to level up. And sadly, video games lost their allure for me. She moves on to talk a little ways later in the letter saying that uh, the Paper Wings podcast made a good point about... 
actions reflecting desires. If you say, I want to do art for a living, and you're still sitting in front of the TV day in and out, then that statement is actually a lie. Actions are not reflecting this desire. What they really are saying is they like the idea of doing art for a living, but they don't actually want any of the actions that accompany it. I try to keep this in mind every day and ask myself, what did I do today that contributed to my goal? It helps me keep in line and hold myself accountable. And this brings back to what we were talking about earlier. She says, uh, maybe this is the real issue when pursuing your goals, holding yourself accountable. With being a creative, you have to be your own boss, like Charles was talking about earlier. The one that says, I'm not paying you if you decide to say uh, to do nothing. Same work before play. Man, that sucks. It doesn't have to be work. She wraps it up with this really interesting thing here. She says, um, she's going to summarize what really drove this whole, whole thing, this whole topic home for her and summarizes kind of her perspective on it. Uh, she says, I'll summarize my eye-opening conclusion of what lit the fire under my butt. I realized that if I wanted to do art all the time, it had to be a way of life. I can only compare it to dieting. She says, I don't believe in dieting. I think they fail and set people up on a road of misery. What I do believe in is that if you want to change your eating habits, you have to change your lifestyle. It has to become part of your life, and it has to be a source of joy. She's just a, just a really pretty cool yeah. person. Weight Watchers, that's what they talk about. It's not a diet, it's a lifestyle yeah, change. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, there's just, I mean, it's there's so much to unpack here, but uh, Admin had something she wanted to talk about, or did I just, no, just no, snake it from you? No, that's actually really kind of surreal. That was kind of the launching point that I was going to be moving from mm-hmm. uh, with that is not exactly dieting, but um, recently, and, and this is, stay with me here because this is directly in relation to what she was talking about. Uh, so recently, I started running a lot, and... Doing the, what, Couch to 5K program? Yeah, by the way, that works. So if you're wondering how to run a 5K, start with Couch to 5K. So long as you actually follow the directions, you'll be able to run a 5K. So there you go. Random plug for something free. But hey, Couch to 5K.com. No. Um, so recently I started running. And actually not so recently now. This was back in February. And I finally made it to the point where I got to the end of the Couch to 5K. And I was running for a half hour straight, and everything was awesome. And then I started messing up a little bit. I couldn't make it to a half hour because of one reason or another. And I started thinking, oh, well, crap, I've lost this. I can't do it anymore. So much for that. And at one point, it kind of occurred to me that the way that I was approaching this was an all-or-nothing attitude, and that was really what was getting in my way, because I wasn't looking at it as it as a way of life. It was like this thing that I had to do perfectly 100% of the time. Otherwise I was screwed and I wasn't actually doing it. I wasn't a runner unless I was running a half hour every single day. Mm -hmm. And I had this kind of wake up moment where I realized, well, no, I'm not a runner because I run a half hour every day. I'm a runner because I'm running and because I want to run. And suddenly it was okay if I only ran for 20 minutes one day because I was running because I was, I wanted to run and therefore I was running and okay, I only ran 20 minutes today, but I'll be out there tomorrow again because I want to do it. And if I'm not doing it perfectly, it doesn't matter because I'm still getting better because I'm mm-hmm. still doing it. I realized that so long as I'm doing something every day, it doesn't matter if it's perfect. It doesn't matter if I did it precisely what I was setting out to do. So long as I've kind of chipped away at that goal, mm-hmm. that's all that really matters. So I think that's one thing that creative types have a tendency to do is the all or nothing attitude. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I didn't get this piece done today. So, well, f*** it. I just won't continue on with it. It's like, oh, I only got one out of three panels done today. Well, I guess I'm not doing comics anymore because mm-hmm. I couldn't get this thing done instead of looking at it like, okay, one of three down. All right, let's see what happens tomorrow. 
keep going at it instead of just stopping and giving up because it wasn't precisely what you thought it was going to be. I know a lot of times in programming, I don't know this how this translates to the other creative aspects. Is Likely very well. Yeah, I, 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 I find a lot of parallels mm-hmm. um, in programming and artistry is I'll run into a problem. This is so large a challenge, I have to walk away from it or I either lose motivation because it's so difficult or I, I just don't know what to do. i got to go research or go study something else. Absolutely. I think one thing is that's important, though, is to always eventually make your way back. Because I've had art projects that have haunted me because I never finished them. And I actually finished one quite recently that took me nearly a year to do. Yeah. And I actually was at the point earlier the week before I finished it where I wanted to tear it down and start all over. And I realized, one, that was insane. And two, if I did that, it was going to continue to be like the Moby Dick, where it just always <laughs> haunting me. I'm always going after that white whale. And I said, okay, no, this has to have an end point. This has to stop. This is what's going to be the end. And then when I got to that point, even though I wanted to continue, I said, no, this is done. I actually made a YouTube video and I posted it. Therefore, I could not make any updates to it because if I did, I'd have to post another YouTube video. <laughs> so, And it looked great. Oh man, there were so many. Don't even get me started. But anyway, the point of the matter is, is I recreated Granny's Potion Shop from Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time 3D. Um, but anyway, because I decided that I had to end it, I felt so much freer because mm-hmm. I, I wasn't haunted at night. I didn't wake up in the middle of the night giving myself like a, a guilt trip because, oh, I never got around to this stupid thing. Oh, I never finished this damn thing. I can't start new projects because this thing still isn't finished. So I just found a spot where I could call it done, and then I forced myself to finish it. So it's over, so I'm free from it. And, you know, it's not precisely where I wanted it to be, but hey, at least it's done. Pinku is all about perfection, so she's definitely got that. Where me, it's all about how can I up the ante? Okay, I got this done, but let's make it better. Let's add one more thing, since how projects can really live on. And one thing I can suggest to check out is called the Make or Maker's Manifesto. Done Manifesto. The Done Manifesto. Actually, mm-hmm. and I'm not that. all about that's, perfection that's... anymore because because of the Done Manifesto. Thank you very yeah, much. Yeah. No, you but, even have mentioned a couple of times that what was the catchphrase? The perfection is, is the, the enemy. enemy of completion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. The pursuit of perfection will only lead to madness. And as the closest thing to perfection that you will ever see or hear, I can attest to that being <laughs> true. Thank you. Um, but I know for me. It was kind of like what Charles was saying with having the business side and the artistic side. On the rare times that I have a personal side project that I'm actually doing, I have to treat it like a job. Now, when I'm working on a job, I can do some stupid, crazy things as to how many hours I'll put in at any given time. It's like, oh, I'll start this project at 8 a.m., Monday morning. And before I know it, I've worked until Wednesday morning um, and realize, oh, I need to probably take a break now. So I have to treat these things as a job. I mean, I have a cup that says I procrastinate, but that's okay because that means I'm 10 times less likely to become a serial killer. (laughs) Um, And it's kind of true because on a side project where I just kind of treat it as, you know, a side hobby or a side project, it's not going to get done. I'm going to have every excuse in the world not to do it. It's coming Um, full circle to that whole idea of, of the, the duality of being an artist and being creative, but also at the same time being a boss and managing things. Yeah. And so that's the way that I have to treat it. I have to treat it as this is a job. This is a project that I am working for as a job. And I have to set a target completion dates. I usually don't set one big date because usually for me, that's 
pretty much a way of setting up for failure. But if I set like miniature goals in between, it's like, okay, I want to have this and this done by this date. And then from there, I want to have this and this done by this date. Set smaller goals to the eventual big goal is kind of the method to my madness. And that's kind of how I get my side projects done is I have to treat it like it's a job, like it's my work, like any sort of consulting gig or my slumlord gig. Um, (laughs) So that's just kind of how I have to do it. I can't even imagine how it is for Neuro and Pinku who also work in similar tech fields and have crazy in like just inconsistent hours plus all the training that you have to do to have side projects it's i got out of bed at 5 p.m today yeah (laughs) exactly and and i I learned programming to make video games and i ended up working on websites because i got to pay rent yeah yeah that's that's, pretty much yeah like i thought i would be an artist at this age but i am a designer at best if that some days but what you guys say it sounds like everything else that everybody that other successful people say to like uh, i follow neil gaiman on tumblr and people People ask him stuff. Him. Yeah, people ask him about stuff all the time, and he mentions he uses a mountain as an analogy. As long as you're wa- taking steps towards the mountain, you're still on your way there. And I mm-hmm. find that you know, I find that too. I've also been um, doing running. I'm not as badass as the admin. I just did it so I would be less fat. But I find that some days, even when I don't feel like doing that, or some days when I don't feel like drawing, for example, like I'll go, well, okay, ten minutes. I'll just I'll just get a crayon and I'll just like scribble on some <laughs> crap. It doesn't matter as long as I do something. And it, it you know, after that initial pull, it, it you know, it turns out being way cooler. You know, or way you get drawn into it because yeah, you exactly. love it. It's amazing yeah. how yeah. you could just take that little bargaining, like five minutes. Like, yeah, exactly. When I don't want to run, I'll just run to the end of the road and then I'll walk back. It'll be cool. Yeah. And invariably, I always run all the way back. No, seriously, all the way. Uh, by the way, oh. I think it's hilarious that you call somebody who sounds like this. <laughs> A badass. Well, just, I'm just saying. You it's actually been two feet. You're, you, no, because I've been I've been watching the admin on Facebook, and she talks about like all these little mini goals that she makes, and it's funny because I also follow the Fitblur tag on Tumblr, and actually none of my friends know that <laughs> that I've been running or anything like that. But uh, until now. Shh. No, but it's, uh, <laughs> it's funny, too, because on those days, you know, I have to say things like, well, ran is better than run. Ran is just better than run. And then I have to get, you know, drag myself into the stupid workout clothes. And even if it's like two hours in the workout clothes before I start doing something, it's like, no, we're not getting out of these clothes until we've done something. <laughs> God. Yeah. So it's like, but, you know, with drawing, I guess I have to push a lot less because it's, you know, it's a lot more accessible in our house. Uh, I just wanted to comment on the the reader uh, mentioned leveling up and that she wants to level up on her own artwork. And there's a real autonomy. There's really saying, I'm not a puppet of this culture. I'm not just going to be a consumer that I consume and feel rewarded by what other people created. I'm actually going to be creative and I'm not going to just consume other people's. I'm actually going to create something and you know, our brains are set up with this reward system. We, you know, we're built to actually be rewarded by, we envision something and then we create it and then we get the joy from creating it. That's the dopamine being released into our system to reinforce that that's a, a, a powerful thing for us to do. And it's just such a magnificent thing to, for a human being, for an artist to actually, instead of just, I'm going to do what other people have set before me. I'm actually going to chart my own course. I'm actually going to make my own life. So many people approach life with, they just kind of do what they do. They just kind of work hard and hope for the best. And there's such a qualitative difference to a life where 
somebody actually says, this is what I am going to do. And then they honor that by actually doing what they said, whether it's the going from the couch to the 5K, or it's I'm just going to take a pencil and I'm going to draw something, or I'm going to finish this project, I'm gonna not going to do one panel, I'm going to work on a second panel. There's just such dignity in that as a human being that we don't get if we just consume what other people want us to consume of their product. Yeah, it's like Brian was saying, breaking, breaking big projects into smaller, or turning, turning a mountain into steps. Even if it's the smallest step, you're still making progress. I've got another good letter here. This is from Brad Langer, who is uh, the Narwhal Knight. Nice. <laughs> so you're going to get to see Brad's stuff on Pandamega pretty soon, but you can also go to narwhalknight.com and find him there. He's also at Narwhal Knight, or actually Narwhal underscore Knight. Does he swim in the ocean? Does he swim in the ocean? <laughs> oh, God. Narwhal's no. I'm still not quite really sure why the Narwhal Knight comic is called the Narwhal Knight, because I haven't seen any narwhals yet. Is he a Redditor? I don't know. That's a good question. That's the secret password to Redditors. No, is it? When does the narwhal? Oh, should I even say? No. <laughs> oh man, should we cut that out? No, well, I didn't finish it, so you wouldn't know the answer to the to there the question you, anyway. There's there gonna go. be a Reddit hit squad outside oh, any second now. That's awesome. Come at me, I'm from Tumblr gang now, so. <laughs> so yeah, so Brad has true. a couple really good things to say, and I'm just gonna cherry pick some of the stuff that he put in here. One of the things he talks about is how time consuming it is to do this kind of stuff. It puts a huge toll on his spare time, and uh, sometimes it's just not manageable. But he feels like the most important thing is to... (laughs) This actually comes really well in alignment with what Charles was just saying. Uh, The most important thing to do is to make sure the comic is posted when it's supposed to be posted, or i.e. keeping your word. Mm -hmm. He says that uh, that is number one, and it's non-negotiable. The rest can be prioritized. Uh, Do what you can when you can. As an example, I'm writing this while I'm at work on break, of course. <laughs> sure. Air sure. quotations. Yeah. Whoa, so, um, no, but, but uh, you know, that's, that's really, that's a really, you know, just further illustrating the importance of and the power of keeping your word, setting, you know, making a commitment and keeping the commitment. You know, I would piggyback on that from, from the coaching that Charles and I have done. Charles has been a big part behind the scenes of helping Pandemanga be what it is and ongoingly let it grow and, and, uh, help it get where it's going, but uh, talking about how if you can't actually make the commitment happen that you had already made, that instead of just letting it lapse and then hiding in a corner and shivering and being like, oh God, oh God, it's better to be like, yo, I can't do that. Let's do this instead. You know, like change the commitment because then you are still living in your word. You're still saying, hey, this is what I'm going to do and doing it. Even if you have to change it, you're still living in integrity, but actually just lapsing it. Like there's been times where I've been sick or my mom got cancer and I couldn't do the thing that I was supposed to do and so sure enough i had to post on pandamanga hey sorry this is going on it's not going to be coming out now it's going to be coming out you know at this time i'm able to walk away from that and as frustrated as i am that i wasn't able to put it out at what i originally committed to and what i desired obviously otherwise i wouldn't have committed to it to make it doesn't take up that extra brain space you know like like the admin was saying about having a project undone There's just something nagging like a splinter in your mind when you make a commitment and then just lapse on it, especially with something like this. It's because, you know, there's pretty immediate consequences if you're like, hey, Joe, let's meet it. In and out Burger, and I just don't show up. I'm gonna get a phone call. <laughs> you know, though, though I seem to recall that Joe did that to the eighth Henry at one point at IHOP, and 
He quietly stewed for a very long time. Yes, because that's how he does. Mm. <laughs> the eighth Henry is it, he like he harbors his his problem. Anyway, oh, he still remembers. Anyway, so but the, but that's a that's a I just something I, was I found wrangling I wanted. another friend of ours who <laughs> is notoriously hard to wrangle. Wrangling is a good term for that one. <laughs> Can we? Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, uh, uh, do you have something you want to say? Yeah, about? let's finish your point. Oh yeah, just I just I just think that um, that on that it's really cool how. How Brad specifically comes out and says, like, it is important to make, you know, to keep the commitments you make. And, and uh, I think it's almost in, in stark contrast to what Lenny Barbudin said, who said, just do it when you feel like it, right? Well, that's the thing. He made no commitment. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. the beauty of that. Is that. He's like, he knows that he doesn't. Yeah. It's like it's like he still manages to stay in his in his word and in his dignity because he didn't make a commitment. So mm-hmm. whenever it comes out, it comes out. He's not missing something or having to push it back. Yeah, so they have one person say make commitments and follow through. Another person says, you know, don't make commitments and do on your own schedule. I think this goes back to what Charles was saying about exactly that's the through line. Both can work. It's just figuring out what's more comfortable to you and what makes sense. Right, and that's part of the whole managerial thing. It's like you got to take take an honest look at your workflow and your work habits and be like, what is it that I can commit to? Mm -hmm. Can I commit to something? Can't I commit to something? What can I commit to? And and that's all part of that. And unfortunately, when you first start, as I think we've all found out, (laughs) you stumble, fall, and crash into walls every once in a while. But if you go at it with like a hey let's let's a set what was the, well, you have a term for that charles right you after you try something you p- pull back and you you assess and you think about it again and you and you look at the success factors and you go okay well what's you know what worked there what didn't work there and then you go back in again with that and armed with that knowledge instead of just harping on the oh i didn't make it Sounds like something I'd say. Something, 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 something. <laughs> in, the, in, the, uh, in strategy meetings and business, you do a SWOT analysis. S O W T S W O T. Sorry. What does that stand for? Strengths, weaknesses, um, opportunities, and I completely forget what T stands Threats. for. Threats. There you, you go. go, Joe. You had something to say? Now you were saying at the beginning, it's so easy to stumble over. It's because at the start of a project, it's really easy to do the underpants gnomes thing so all right step one <laughs> underpants step, step two, two mm-hmm. step, three, step three profit exactly you don't know how you're gonna get to it but hey it's profit yeah, right. as long as you can think of those step forward you're gonna end up somewhere yeah, oh, yeah. kind of jump in with a little teacher story here all right from the days so actually i see this all the time with new game students who are like i want to make a video game awesome so what's it going to be about well it's going to be about this chick with a sword uh-huh and is she's gonna kill things? Okay, subtext. Oh no, that's all I figured out so far. And she's gonna look like this, and her armor's gonna look like this, and it's gonna be like this. Like, uh, and then they make X Blade. And it's like, so where are you with your <laughs> game like design you document? <laughs> what? Your game design document? You know, your game bible. Oh, I don't need anything like that. I'm just gonna go at it. It's like, no, no, you need that frame before you start building the house. Otherwise, the roof tiles won't have any place to sit. Yeah, and, you know, and if you don't know how to put that frame together, actually falling flat when on a project that has no structure is going to allow you to learn. Oh, okay, well these are the structures I Absolutely. need to build on top of. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many times I will hear just great details about how this chick's breastplate is going to have like nipples on it, <laughs> but they haven't figured out how many animations she's going to have. It's like, oh, okay, cool. So we know she has nipples. What <laughs> hand does she? Plate. Yeah. What what hand does she hold her sword in? Why does that matter? Because you said she was a swordswoman. I think that matters a little bit more than the nips. <laughs> <laughs> One last thing I would like to read through, and I'll just read this last paragraph from Brad. Yeah, welcome to my world. <laughs> um, he says uh, this is specifically talking about creating web comics, um, but I think it applies elsewhere. 
and I, I think this is more specifically talking to someone who is either just starting or independent or amateur, and not amateur as in less skillful, but amateur as in defined by I make my living with this as a professional. That's you know what I mean? Because there's people that don't make their living with something that would technically be amateur that are phenomenal. So I, don't, I, don't, I want to make sure that that's clear before I say that. Anyway, so he says uh, it's almost an uh, it's not as easy as people think. It's almost an entirely other job, and for little or no pay to boot. In fact, I've invested much more money into my comic than I've made. To think you will make money is an illusion. It's not going to happen. (laughs) So what you get is something that takes up all your time, and you have to pay to do it. But ultimately, it's not about that. And I think this is... We're about to get to the, the real nugget here. There's a real wisdom. But it's ultimately not about that. When you get right down to it, I need a venue to be creative, or I go crazy. I like to write and draw, and I love comics, so that's why I do it. If someone reads it, awesome. But it's not my main goal. It can't be. Just like my main goal can't be to make money. It just doesn't work like that. Your main goal can only be to enjoy making comics. That is the only way you can last. That is a lot of really good advice. Now, it's, uh, you know, as I'm going through that, there's little bells going off my head because I I believe that you can make money doing these things. And it's just a, it's a different skill set than the actual creation part. But what he's talking about here is not not the business side. It's the like just surviving as an artist and not mm-hmm. just crashing and burning. And it's there's a the lot of wisdom rather than the, the exactly. Ending. It's like it's like it's it's the why we do it, mm-hmm. you know, and, and people get wrapped up in. Well, if I do this, this, and this, and then I can make this kind of money, and if I go to these cons, and this one, and the booth costs this much, and if I can sell this much, and I have to set my table up this way, and nah, 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 and pretty soon they start thinking about that more, and they forget why they're doing it, you know? And it's like, the question you have to ask yourself is, would I do this regardless of how successful I am, just because I need to do it? And that's a big part of, I think, going back to what, what Melissa was saying about it has to be a lifestyle, people... The idea of people, you know, liking the idea of being an artist more than actually being an artist. It's like that's that's kind of all wrapped up in this is that, hey, if you really want to do this, why do you want to do it? Because you've got to do it because you've you've got to get the art out, you know, uh, which I've heard Pinky say before. You've got to get the art out. It won't go away. It won't go away. Yeah. So it's it's like, why do you do this? Do you do you do it because you just have to put pencil to paper? Otherwise, you go crazy, you know, and then you can take that wherever it goes. But that has to be the starting place, I think, with creative endeavors, because creative endeavors, it's like a lot of the time, even if you're in something that's a little bit more likely to make you money at the end of the day, it's like roll the dice. Maybe you'll be successful. I mean, you can position things and and be ready and prepared for opportunities and all that. But at the end of the day, there is a certain amount of just shit that's outside of your sphere of influence and it's as simple as that yeah i I think there's something about success too i think there's a large percentage of people that said they found success when they weren't looking for it Mm. they just kind of keep their head down and kept working and all of a sudden like you said an opportunity will appear where they they were able to take advantage of it well Mm. I, i think actually that statement you know i'm doing it because i need to i think is a mark of oh. somebody who's going to be potentially really great oh and br- i mean and like let me just gush a little bit brad's stuff is awesome yeah and his so stu- it's go. really entertaining and 
I'm really like honored that he's wanting to be on our site and wanting to partner with us. It's so great. And especially after reading that email, because it's very clear that he's really an artist. Yeah. That it's not just like, I want to do a webcomic, derp, derp, derp. It's like, no, he really, he like, you know, he's got to get the art out. That's such a mark of someone who's really a a creative, you know? And that's something that you hear over and over again um, from some of the greats within the indie revolution in the game industry is, you know, these people coming out and saying, I made this game because this is the game that I wanted to play. And right. it was not yes. out there, so I made it myself. It's awesome that other people like it, but ultimately, this is my child. I made it because I wanted to see it alive. Mm-hmm. And I think that's you know what makes the indie revolution so awesome. And I think whenever you hear somebody say that, it's like, I don't really give a damn if other people are going to see this or play this. I needed to see it out here. That's really awesome. Yeah. But to get, that. That's great. Also, uh, with the disclaimer, I said to get to that point too, it takes a fair amount of listening to feedback sure. and sure. and honing your craft and, and taking that user account before you can get to that point. Right. Um, it's certainly not as simple as all that. But yeah, you know, but I've seen a lot of projects like kids. You know, like her, she was talking about teaching, where they want to have idea of what they want to build, and they just they're too. It's too early to execute like that. Oh right, but yeah. then you get some people who have a vision and they stay true to it rather than being like, oh well. I know that I wanted to have this element in there, but why don't I just put some AdWords in there and just see what turns up at the App Store? You know, it's like, no, hmm. f- that. Put in the stuff that you want because you think it would be fun versus, you know, looking for profitability or trying to make this a successful career. Make it your passion. And I think the results are just so much better. Yeah, and that strikes me, it activates my marketing brain because you can come up with really sterile corporate marketing language, but we're finding out it's not as effective as true, open, honest, you know, plain verbiage. Because people, yeah. you know, can respond and connect to that everyday language where if it's sterile marketing corporation speak, you know, there's no connection made there. Well, I mean, you have to create a good product. You can package shit, but it's still shit. You know, you mm-hmm. put a nice bow on it, it's still going to stink. You've got to create good work. And if you've got to get the art out, if you're an artist and you just keep going and growing and, and pursuing that, mm-hmm. you're going to get better and you're going to be able to create better work. And then from there, you can always learn to be better at marketing. You can always understand mm-hmm. and learn about business and all that sort of stuff. But you have to have that if deep not, down need yeah, to make it. it's not coming from your soul, yeah. it, it's coming from you know outside. Yeah. Or, or finding uh, someone that's good at marketing is like those one of those opportunities that can help you know promote it and you know get on a Kickstarter or something. Totally. I mean, there's tons of opportunities to help fill in the gaps where you might be lacking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and talking about like passion versus profit. I remember well when we started this out, and I believe John said this multiple times on the podcast that. He didn't really listen to any podcasts before this. I was kind of his podcast guru. And I did. When we started the podcast, I said, Brian, you want to make a podcast with me? Because I didn't know anything about making podcasts. And Brian always said, I want to make a podcast. I thought, sweet, he'll do all the work. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I knew how much went into it because Geek Life isn't my first rodeo. And there have been multiple people who have approached me with wanting to do podcasts. And um, I'll because I'm evil, I'll laugh in their face when they're like, yeah, you know, and I expect to make this much money by this point will be profitable, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, (laughs) yeah, you're not, don't know. And guess what? Those projects fail after one or two things. They get discouraged and because they're only in it for, they they don't care about what they're talking about. They're there because they think that they're going to make money. And that's just a bad idea. I remember when I first 
talked with Nero and Pinku at bringing them on the podcast. I'm like, if you guys come on, I will give you every single cent that I have made on the podcast so far. And, <laughs> and Nero's like, what? So nothing? I'm like, no, 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 not at all. And then I slipped him an invoice after he agreed. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, another thing was just, and this is a major guy. This is amateur, isn't amateur at all, but Adam Carolla is a great example. So Nero and I were also talking about this during one of our breaks. And it's just kind of a really fascinating thing where when Howard Stern left to go to Sirius Radio, it left his, for lack of a better term in my mind at the moment, you know, morning show empire kind of without a host. So they broke it up into three different hosts for each region. On the West Coast, it was Adam Carolla. On the East Coast, it was David Lee Roth. And on the Midwest and South, it was some guy I've never heard of and haven't heard from since. And all of them failed miserably, and they all got fired. And Adam Carolla started a podcast simply because he loved doing it so much. He's like, I'm not going to make money off of this, most likely, but I don't want to stop. I love doing this, and if this is the way that I have to do it, so be it. And like I said, you know, he's Adam Carolla. He's a big name, but he's also turned that into a full-on podcasting empire, pretty much, with a lot of different shows under his belt. And and going back, talking about money... I, I could see it myself as a creative professional. A lot of times I knew a project wouldn't make money, but to communicate oh, yeah. that to non-creatives, it's almost like I had to say it would make money so they would understand what I'm doing and why am I doing it right. just to communicate it. Cause I knew it wasn't going to make money. I was going to try, but you know, Oh yeah. Uh, but I think it's uh, sometimes you, you say you're going to make money and you know, you're not, but you, you have to say it just to communicate it sometimes to, cause you don't know if you're talking to another creative or another artist. Sometimes it's just like, why are you wasting all that time and all that energy? I don't understand. You know, this is, you should not be doing this. This is ruining your life. Don't you see it? And, yeah. and that's another thing I'm thinking is that we should just, Come to the conclusion that creativity is a disease with no cure. <laughs> oh shit! And you know we have a no ten-step plague. This this is a lifetime yeah. plague. Yeah. Ow. The, the only treatment is to give in <laughs> or die. Or so get really rich. Um, Serial killer. Why don't we take another musical break? Want to play my song for this one? Oh yeah, let's do yes. that. Yes. So okay. so pick a song and promo for us. All right. So from one of my most recent creative projects, my band, A Stranger in the Alps. Yeah, let's listen to the mustache song, the one song on the EP that I wrote. Awesome. So the mustache song from Stranger in the Alps. Mm -hmm. All right, you're listening to Geek Life. Stick with us. Without my mustache 
Welcome back, everyone. That was the Mustache song off the Little Larry Sellers EP. You can find that on SoundCloud right now, but I think that's the only place at the moment. I'll, I'll get back in touch when we actually get it on iTunes. But and so, we'll put links in the show notes. Did, to you, did, you, did you guys? And we'll did put you, links. In it, the show is notes. Larry Sellers a Big Lebowski reference? It is. Awesome. The uh, Stranger in the Alps is a reference to the TV edit of The Big Lebowski. Oh, where okay. John Goodman's character is smashing the, the car, screaming, This is what happens, Larry. This is what happens when you find a stranger in the Alps. <laughs> oh, my God. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like, yippee ki Mr. Falcon. <laughs> <laughs> you guys um, catch this Tom Selleck reference? There's a Magnum P.I. Right. reference. Yeah, very yeah. nice. Yeah. Well done. I have a couple more letters that I'd like to read through. One of them is from Steve Lewis of Murder Cake and Creepy Crowley. <laughs> and uh, his stuff is some of our favorite stuff that we've done. In his message, instead of giving me a long response, he basically was very honest and human and said, man, I struggle with this, and I'm mostly just looking forward to hearing what you guys have to say about <laughs> it <laughs> you know, what, and what my fellow comic creators have to say about it. Although he did bring up a really good point that um, we'll actually have another message or another email that that expands upon a little bit, but we'll start here. He says, also, if you plan on having a, any serious relationships, make sure they're a partner who's exceptionally patient. <laughs> um, so that's that's good. And and I want to just jump right into... Oh, wait. Before you do that, Murder Cake was our indie artist spotlight on episode 41. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm going to be a dick about this. Yes, I know. Um, Deal with it. So Lee Chirolis actually got back to me of uh, the Little Guardians comic, and uh, he actually said something similar to some of the other things we've said earlier on. But he also expanded upon the idea of of you know relationships in the creative world, and he says uh, my biggest tip is uh, difficult to follow, but if you can if you can pull it off, it makes all the difference. Marry someone who's also as nuts as you are. Easy to spend time with family and work on a project when they're at the desk right next to you working on their own project. I've been fortunate, and I can say it works wonders. And I think that Nero and Pinku can speak to that. And I think that even Charles um, and his wife Sandy could could speak to that, really, is that sharing similar passions and similar projects and dreams and works, it, it, uh, it, it helps your lives come in alignment. You're not constantly clashing. I can only imagine. I mean, what Pinky was saying, she woke up at 5 today. <laughs> can you imagine if, if Neuro worked at Safeway and <laughs> was like getting home from work at 5 and had to go to sleep in a couple of hours because he had to work at 6 in the morning or something like that? Relationship would explode upon itself. So can you guys... Expand a little bit on that? or Well, that's just so funny because we actually ha- I have a drawing table in our living room that's next to our TV. <laughs> yes. And our TV, uh, we have um, a Mac that's hooked up to our TV. So sometimes, some nights, uh, Nora will actually come out and program games while I'm busy drawing. And that's kind of, it's together time, but, you know, we're not exactly talking to each other and we don't really need to. It's just nice to be near them. Right. Or we'll just turn to each other and say something funny or, you know, cuss at someone <laughs> or at each other or just, you know, random stuff. And it's just that, you know, uh, having someone there to interact with when you have something 
weird or you just want to spaz out i guess yeah but it's also it's also really nice that, that you don't have to explain everything and it's it's brief and then you can go back to what you were doing mm-hmm. not hovering over each other's shoulders yeah. you can well, always yell at knife there's a common thing or there cat, yeah. yeah cat knife last last night i, I was I, I snuck in and was working on the computer because i was doing design which is usually her gig Uh oh so I, I was sitting there trying to pick her brain i'd get in like, how do you do this maybe how do you what, what do you think i should do about this yeah. so you know it can help out collaborate well, yeah, well, get some input well I, I remember that too i looked over i'm like that's weird fix that and then just went back to what i was doing <laughs> uh, and, and uh she's just talking about how she can't do the face and she's just gonna work on the body i'm like go draw more faces get the fail out she's like no <laughs> Don't you tell me my business? And, and I think like an hour later, I saw her working on faces. So no, that, that was all me. That was that, all. Yeah, that was actually for for something I'm working on with Joe. I was like, I can't draw a face, and I actually got really mad about it and posted it on my Tumblr too, where I said, you know, my day today, I can't draw faces. Your face is done. It was pretty much my blog post. Now there's an awesome thing about putting your all into your creative endeavors, collaborating with people. And getting to see what actually comes of that is so satisfying. When you sent me the first, your oh. the rough sketch for a little five-page project that I never thought was going to get drawn, you know, seeing some like a character that I gave birth to, like actually have a face today. <laughs> yeah, a face today. I sent that, that right before bed. Yeah, it, that, that was. The sonogram. So, <laughs> right. It's like, see, I got to see my little baby. And he's an opossum and terrifying. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. So good. I just want to say for Little Guardian fans, episode 33. Yeah, Little Guardian's actually a really excellent ongoing comic. It's uh, just awesome. There's a there's a definite play energy of parallel play. You're 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 not actually playing the same you know thing, but you're in the same room, so you get this. You're making this labor of love into play. Uh, there's, there's a book flow and you're actually making it into something that it's so fulfilling for you that it isn't something you're making yourself do. It's something you're allowing yourself to have the joy of experiencing. Awesome. I've got uh, another email here from Joe Flanders of Ninja and pirate, which is like easily one of my most favorite. I say that a lot. I've been saying that a lot because a lot of these guys that got back to us are some of the most interactive and awesome people that I've met Mm -hmm. since we started the indie spotlights and, just love them to death. But, uh, yeah, Ninja and Pirate's a great comic. And, and Joe is is immensely talented in his hilarity and his art. And uh, I'll read a lot of this. There's a couple of things that I'm going to skip through here. But uh, one of the things that he said was really good was this, which is most of it. <laughs> uh, Episode 44. He said, I can have a personal life and do comics? What? He says, no, seriously, though. There is a reason why some of the best cartoonists are complete introverts. Gary Larson, for example, would rather hang out with Beatles than go to some soiree. I mean, the insects, not the band. Bill Watterson, or as I like to call him, God, has been living as a Hermit McLonerson since his retirement. Comics take time. Introverted people are, for the most part, more capable of creative crafts because they enjoy spending time alone creating more than uh, spending time at some club twerking away at night. As a side note, I just learned that twerking was a thing and am determined to shoehorn it into conversation to convince myself that I'm hip 
with it and third anachronistic colloquialism it's, <laughs> it's hot in the streets it's hot in the streets <laughs> so we need a t-shirt that says that with <laughs> i'm gonna start using it at school and see if it catches on it will catch on i think it's kind of old guys don't do it <laughs> do it it's okay. i'm gonna end it like with a little asterisk pink who said this anyway so so joe joe continues saying it's not that we don't like hanging out with folks it's just nine times out of ten we're just as happy sitting at home drawing or underwater basket weaving or whatever a lot of fun by the way however this presents a problem of self-distractions this is this is where he really gets into the meat of it i think this presents a problem of self-distractions especially when you have the pitfall of excessive time sucks of internets in order to counteract what he calls the wikipedia effect i limit myself to one internet window while i work and usually that's playing old radio shows so i don't get distracted with a tv the wikipedia effect is where i i fact check something about marmosets and there's something <laughs> like, I love this guy. So uh, I fact check something about marmosets and there's something that says uh, B. Arthur was a marmoset activist. And I say to myself, you know, I don't know a lot about B. Arthur. Maybe I should learn everything about B. Arthur. <laughs> Four hours later, I've gotten nothing done, but I'm a world renowned expert on Golden Girls and <laughs> I've never watched an episode. <laughs> Furthermore, I've had to cut back immensely on my video game time. It's an amazing how much of a time suck that can be. And, uh, you know, that piggybacks on what we talked about before, so we need to get into that again. But um, it's amazing how much of a, of a common theme that is. Mm-hmm. I think that, that if you, like, it sounds like if you want to be a creative professional or creative person and still play video games, you damn well better be making video games because well, otherwise yeah. you just don't get to do Set it anymore. Actually, timer. you know, here, I was going to bring this up anyway. Um, speaking of creative hermits... The eighth Henry, who is arguably about 14 times more creative than I can ever hope to be. He's ridiculous. Um, precisely, and I swear to God, this is exactly what's happening. I don't even need to call him to know. He is not on this podcast right now because he is at home writing. The man's brain never turns off. Mm-hmm. Our house is covered <laughs> in papers with his If only we can get him only... to start digitally writing. It just doesn't... I don't even... It's amazing. No, you to know me. what? That, no, that, he doesn't do it. It's all his, paper. No, he 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 does write online oh, yeah. a little bit, but it's part of his process. It's like um, somebody who has always been drawing on paper, and you can't convince to go digital, right? Sure. It's mm-hmm. just something that doesn't feel natural. Mm-hmm. And of course, with Henry, the worst part is is that if you pick up any piece of paper, you won't be able to freaking read it because he can only read his writing, and he can't even read his writing. Uh, yeah. We'll hire a bunch of medical transcriptionists and convert it all one day. You yeah. know what? I'm convinced that the Voynich manuscript is just him after finding a time machine and going back to the 1400s. <laughs> But anyway, so uh, it's interesting that they bring up the fact that a lot of creatives end up becoming hermits. And I think that's actually something that you need to be wary of because that doesn't necessarily end up being a positive thing. Uh, Joe, Joe wraps it up really well here with that concept, uh, if, if I may. Uh, he says, uh, in the end, uh, this is his final paragraph, and this is really good. He says, it really all comes down to self-sacrifice. You have to sacrifice time with your friends and family, but in order to succeed with your craft, you need to sacrifice your own time first. If it's between going to the zoo with your wife or playing Skyrim, then Skyrim's on hold. Your wife has sworn to carry your burdens, arrow, uh, arrow to the knee, and whatnot. But, as, <laughs> but as much as you, uh, but as much as you need time to relax, relax through your craft. If it comes down to sacrificing your own time or the time with your friends, your time to you is less precious than your time to them. So that's, I think, a really good point. Is For it, those yeah. of you who haven't played Skyrim or 
are not like me who just has random weird facts, arrow to the knee is a very, very common Skyrim meme. Gotcha. Yeah, uh, thinking about that, um, one thing I've been actually learning this week is sometimes at work I, I, I run into a problem, and since I work for myself, I get to choose what I work on. So, you know, getting distracted by Wikipedia is a real, very real oh, problem. Yeah. Yo, Facebook. yeah, right. So when I find that I don't want to work on what I'm working on anymore, I've actually I've started asking myself, well, is there any creative project I want to work on instead? And I can that from the answering that question, I can decide I'm just too tired. I need to take a break. I'm gonna go hang out with some friends or do something else, or I just not in, I, you know, I have a problem. I can't, I'm going to go work on something else. And then, and by actually asking myself the question, I'll start working on the creative project and actually make a lot of progress on that. And then the next day find that I'm really motivated to get back to the work and finish the work yeah. off. Um, Switching but, between projects is because a very good, healthy thing to do. Yeah. Because I got a lot of motivation from working on the creative project and making a lot of progress in that. You Definitely. know, I would also argue that, um, one thing that creatives also need to seek out on a regular basis is of the creatives because without the input of somebody else who's creative, I think mm -hmm. we will self-destruct, go insane, and become supervillains. There's so many good reasons to seek out Henry's other doing creatives. Right now. Yeah. And we fall into our own neurosis almost. Yeah. Eighth Henry. Mm -hmm. No, I mean, Eighth Henry, I've become convinced that if I go away for more than a week at a time, he will grow a mountain man's beard and just make a fortress around our house and dress up our, our corky like a dragon. I don't know. I think like he legitimately is bordering on the insane sometimes. It's kind of like Alan Moore. I feel like he's entering Alan Moore territory here <laughs> yeah, where he's I'm just going to walk good. into the Right? Uh -huh. Right. So like I think it's important that if you find yourself so wrapped up in the worlds that you've created, you need to step out and maybe not walk away from them but find somebody else to share with them you know mm -hmm. get an artist to like illustrate some of your stuff or get another writer to have a discussion with about this story because mm -hmm. otherwise you're going to become a wizard in a really weird way <laughs> i know that in sacramento they do these things called drink and draw um which is where you know oh, yeah they basically have a scheduled thing of going to a bar drinking and drawing. Well, yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's creator, just like artist meetups. I always thought it was the funny. There were no drinking rights. Another good email that I got f was from uh, Michael Dambold and Michael is a, uh, a really talented artist. His line work is, is insanely good. It makes you, makes you want to cry, but uh, he has a couple of really good points here and we're, we're, we're getting kind of super duper crazy along on this podcast. And so let's, um, I'll, I'll summarize a little bit here. He really stresses a huge amount of importance on staying really far ahead of what you've committed to do, you know, having a really big buffer, planning ahead, things like that. And this is actually a really good suggestion. He says, I also try to have a lot of sketches and supplemental content just in case I am in between a rock and a hard place and don't end up having a comic to publish. If I don't have a comic to publish, at least I can publish uh, sketches or concept art. That's a really, that's actually a really, really good idea. And then, you know, kind of continuing on his, his idea about having a buffer and not burning out. He suggests that uh, sabbaticals are perfectly okay because we people are human and it's totally okay for us to get some rest every once in a while. It's better to rest and maintain the level of quality of your work than to get stressed out and have that level lower over time. Yeah. And I think that's really very just sage words. Very true. I mean, you had a brief bout with artist block. Uh, yes, absolutely. I had recently some nasty bouts with writer's block and programmer's block you kind of have to step away and take a break at times otherwise yeah yeah that's good it's good advice you, um thanks michael you you can find michael on the web at uh, k 
kandraicomics.com forward slash mayhem. Uh, it's uh, C-A-N-D-R-A-I comics.com forward slash M-A-Y-I-M. So you can find his really lovely comic. Uh, and you can follow him on Twitter at Michael Damble. That's Michael spelled like normal. And then D-A-M-B-O-L-D-T. I have two more letters, and we're getting close. Just that's 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 pretty awesome. <laughs> uh, let's see here. This next letter comes from Madeline, who is the writer for and creator of the Boston Metaphysical Society that the admin and I actually got a great interview from, and we will do a proper geek life review of at some point in the near future. Um, so she says, you guys have some, you guys have asked some good questions, trying to balance your creative side with the everyday will always be difficult, but it comes down to time management. I'm sometimes very good at it and other times very bad, especially when it comes to social media. It's free marketing. So I know I spend way too much time on Twitter and Facebook. I recommend using an egg timer to help control the urge to send just one more tweet or do what my husband has done for me and set up a designated computer for social media. If I want to get any work done, I have to change computers. It's that whole like one window at a time Wikipedia hole thing. Mm. Yeah, um, uh, Pinku's got a program that blocks Tumblr for a set amount oh, of time. Oh, I have a program that blocks more than Tumblr, but also the timer technique. That's called the Pomodoro technique, where you say you estimate how long it takes you to do a task, and then you allow yourself that time period. And at the end of the timer, you're done. Yeah, there's absolutely no end to the social media hole that you can go. It's just a crazy rabbit hole. And it's tough because you, it's like a marketing tool. So yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it has its it advantage. You're, like yeah. you're kind of working, but you're kind of not. You know, it's, it's that gray area. <laughs> uh, she continues, as for health, I teach spin for LA Fitness, and I work out at least five times a week. It keeps me physically fit, uh, which is really important since I spend so much time on my butt in a chair. I can't tell you how important it is to exercise on a regular basis. I know it helps me on the creative side as well as clearing my head. Fortunately, my family understands the creative side is 24-7, but it's important to set aside time for them as well. Make dates for your significant other. Try to at least take one day a month where you are actively doing something that has nothing to do with your writing or art. This will actually help you do both in the long run. Make sure you get enough sleep. That's huge. It's huge <laughs> for a lot of us, I think. And then go do something different. Go to a museum, a theater, any place that will let you unwind and think differently. She says, I know I don't do that enough myself. So that's just a bunch of really good advice. And she's, she's actually a very accomplished writer and just a really neat person. You guys want to make sure to check out the Boston Metaphysical Society. Really excellent comic. Uh, you can find the Boston Metaphysical Society at bostonmetaphysicalsociety.com, and you can follow Madeline at M. Holly Rosing. That's M-H-O-L-L-Y-R-O-S-I-N-G on Twitter. Our <laughs> final letter comes from Wesley Hall. Wesley is the man behind Nameless PCs, which you can find at namelesspcs.com. He started following me on Tumblr. Yeah? Yeah. yeah he's, he's really great. He says, howdy. Hopefully it's not too late to share some thoughts on the creative and whatnot. My biggest tip is to keep some sort of schedule, even a loose one. Uh, for example, I come home, eat dinner with my wife, and hang out with my wife, and then most nights I go work on a comic. I work also work on my comics over lunch at work. To improve my art style, I started Fan Art Fridays as a way to try out other styles slash character designs to hopefully improve my own design, art, and character design. It's a really actually a cool little thing. You should check out namelesspcs.com and see what he's doing there. It's actually really neat. Episode 45 of the Geek Life Podcast. That's right. Uh, he also says... 
Also, to make sure that I have time with my wife, we use Friday as our date night, and Saturday I typically spend with friends, at least playing D&D. So, you know, that's uh, just just more uh, really good advice. There's lots of consistent themes through here, time management and making time for things and all that sort of stuff. So um, does anybody have any final thoughts, things that they've been wanting to say or spit out at us while I've been reading the copious amount of very awesome mail we've gotten from all the awesome creators that we've hooked into? Yeah, uh, one thing I'll go, go, go back a couple of letters talking about interruption. I think uh, something that's important to mention is working at nighttime found that a lot of creatives prefer that. And they found out that because of the lack of light and maybe you get tired and sleepy, you actually start taking bigger risks. And with a bigger risk, you can end up with a bigger reward or a bigger failure. So a lot of creatives uh, prefer working when it's dark, not only because of the lack of interruption, but uh, because uh, they find they produce better work. That's cool. I'm just nocturnal. <laughs> Like, I literally go to bed at, like, 7 a.m. most days. It's funny. I didn't used to be an all-night person until I started watching Batman. Uh-huh. Yeah, when I was... No, I, I, I kid you not. When I was a kid, I discovered that at 4 in the morning on Cartoon Network, Batman the Animated Series was on, and I started yes. staying up, and that trained me to be an all-nighter. It's so funny. Yeah. No, just like Batman. Just like Batman. My dad was the same way I am, where he just went to bed at 6 in the morning. That was yeah. just well, what he, he did. He was also an artist, too. Yeah, he was a painter. But he wasn't painting. He was just that he just lived at night. Well, so, when do you when does an artist quit being an artist? Is it because he was the night? <laughs> Quite possibly. Come on. And he also came in the middle of the night to tech me in a lot. <laughs> he was up all night. Well, I think a, a theme here is is either chart your own course or be a puppet. And so mm-hmm. the, it's really a choice if you're going to really honor who you are and what you want to do while you're on the planet, or are you going to let other people basically make you into their video character? So chart your own course. <laughs> and it's harder, I think, but I think it's more rewarding. Or for some people, I think you just have to, whether or not you know it yet. Yeah, and if you're doubting yourself, you're probably on the right path. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shut up. <laughs> no, Keep I failing don't. until you succeed. Albert also, Einstein. Yeah. You know, if it's not hard, it's not worth it. True. And I would also really recommend trying to seek balance in your everyday life as well. Um, I found that I was able to be far more creative once I got out of a really toxic work environment. Yeah. If you hate your day job, find a day job that you won't hate. And somehow, magically, you'll be more creative, probably because you don't want to try and kill yourself every night. Yes, that's actually a really good point. But it's very true. Oh, God. Yeah, it, it's really surreal. I, I felt like just I didn't do anything to make myself more creative once I quit that job. It's just, oh, it instantly happened. It was awesome. It was automatic. But I have just simple advice. And if everybody who feels stuck does this i can guarantee that they're going to feel a little bit more satisfied after the end of this podcast no excuses set a timer and do whatever you do for five minutes and don't continue past that five minutes just literally four or five minutes if you're an artist draw for five minutes and then cut it off and you'll find yourself most likely wanting to continue on and you know every time you feel like oh i should be doing this but i can't make myself just do it for five minutes, just five minutes, and I think you'll be able to break through. Yeah, it's actually one of the, one of the. I almost forgot this letter. I'm, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it's uh, some of the things that <laughs> you oh, promised. I know. One more. No, I don't want anybody to feel left out. So, <laughs> um, Jeff from Yeti for Hire, which was one of our yeah. first ones, is Yay. really awesome. He's. I mean, j- just reiterating some of the points that you said here. He says that. Uh, one of the things that really helps him is that he usually likes to work when the rest of his family is sleeping or otherwise occupied. That way that uh, he doesn't miss out on time with them when they're awake, but he can focus on his work. Another thing that he suggests is 
to spend a little bit of time on it every day at least, right? Similar, yeah, exactly. Um, a lot of the sim- similar themes. And then re- he reiterates, reiterates toward the end that it's super important to have a buffer specifically for web comics and things like that. Yeah, it's uh, it's just a lot of consistent, really, really good advice from a lot of these guys. Thanks again for all your help. Yeti for Hire, it's Yeti, the number four, then Hire.com, which is really, really funny comic. I would say which podcast it's on, but my tablet's dead. <laughs> it's really funny that he men- mentions family otherwise occupied. And for whatever reason, that immediately got like into my head. Wow, yeah, you probably can't get a lot of work if somebody has like a stomach flu. Oh, that's yeah. horrible. <laughs> Don't poison your family. <laughs> any, any final thoughts before we wrap up the podcast, you guys? Well, I don't want to drag it on, but a, a lot of things that everybody's been alluding to is, is about having buffer. I remember I used to read a productivity blog by some guy I can't even remember, so I can't find the blog anymore. But he talks about time management in terms of under promising and that way you can over deliver. And I think that's just a, a pretty good technique where, you, where you, you know, maybe you think you get like all this done in a couple of hours, but just try to aim a little bit lower and then that way you feel better about it. Well, people are always happy when you give them more than they're expecting. Yeah. But they're mm. all and they're and they're always like, "Well, yeah, duh." when you give them exactly what you told them was coming. Yeah. And they're never happy if you don't give them what you uh, what you promised. And so it's it's always better to give them more. And the best way to do that is to promise less. Oh, yeah. And it's <laughs> yeah. true and it's it's like also when you um he was also talking about it in terms of time too. We go, sure. "Well, I'll only get these two things done today." And he felt a lot more happy with himself when he did things like that Mm -hmm. definitely all right well lots of good talk and a super crazy long podcast but uh, we really enjoyed it i think even though we're all sort of out of juice at this point well thanks for sticking with us through this double wide podcast we had a lot of fun talking about this deep and interesting subject for all of us creative types if you made it through all the way thank you for listening to our crazy ramblings hopefully it's given you some Insight. I know that there was definitely a lot of really sage wisdom that was sent over to us very generously from a lot of very busy, creative people. Thanks again to everybody that sent us an email. We love you guys, and we really enjoy your work, and ongoingly, just it enriches our lives, and, and we appreciate your, your advice and suggestions. Thanks for listening to Geek Life. We always love to hear from our listeners. Please email us at geeklife at pandamanga.com with your questions, comments, and insights. Anyone interested in becoming a PM contributor, visit our contact page at contact.pandamanga.com and complete the form located there. Music has been provided by AirPlus Recordings. As always, links to the artists and songs featured on this podcast are available in the show notes at podcast.pandamanga.com. If you'd like more information about AirPlus Recordings, visit airplusrecordings.com. This is Pinku. We'll see you next time. Now start your five-minute project that the admin talked about. Right. Oh, yes. yeah. Do it now. <laughs> now. Now. Turn off the computer. All right. Now what are you still listening? Yeah. Go. Close Do all it. your tabs. What are you doing?
Nom, 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 nom. Yeah, soon nom, we'll have nom, more, nom, but. Nom, nom. Hey, hey, hey. Good Bag of night. Cats. Bag of cats. <laughs> what the fuck?